0: Good morning.
1: Good morning, everybody.
0: If we sound a little different, it's because we have new little podcast headset microphones.
1: Because Brandon's neck yes. is yes. has issues and problems, and so he's always trying to twist his head all crazy so that way he can try to talk into the mic right, and then it hurts him. So we got these like cheapo headset things off of Amazon, and we look like we work at a call center. But I think it's working and will work well for us to be able to do this. But we tested it on, like, my phone to make sure it was coming through okay. And I think it's working just fine. So um, if not and it's giving you issues, just let us know. And Brandon will redo everything he's getting ready to do.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Which I don't know if I'll be able to rec- recreate it in the same words. Recreate we'll the where, same magic. Let's see where the Lord leads me every time, I guess. Um
1: We missed Monday's Bible study. Yeah, I was just going
0: to say that. I'm sorry I missed one day for Bible study, but it sounds like a couple of you um, are a little bit behind, and then some of you have just fallen off the horse completely. So y'all need to figure that out. what the heck? I mean, you don't have to listen to me, (laughs) but read your Bible and not just one verse.
1: So, yeah, not just one verse preferably one yeah you know, reading in context.
0: Re- glancing at your phone in the morning and reading the first of the day does that <laughs> count as count. you reading your bible
1: well and that's funny because our biblical womanhood it's
0: <laughs> okay go ahead i do it all the time now it's a Heidiism.
1: <laughs> i can't believe i did that right. our biblical womanhood study what i was trying to say um this week we're talking about be discreet and the importance of knowing where our wisdom comes from and having discretion. And you cannot have that if you're not in God's word and things of that nature. The one shepherd
0: gives all wisdom. Yep. Did you bring that up?
1: Exactly. Well, I don't think I have in that yet, but, um, well, everybody I think who's doing that is also doing this. So now they'll hear it. (laughs) Hopefully.
0: So yes, the one shepherd is the one that gives wisdom. That's our favorite book, Ecclesiastes. We love it. Love it. But today we are in John 13, not Ecclesiastes. Before we start, (laughs) take a prayer. Take a minute to pray. If Take a prayer sounds weird to you. It's <laughs> one thing that I used to slip up and say all the time and everybody makes fun of it. Now everybody expects me to say it.
1: Well, and then somebody gave us the, the message. I, I know we
0: have a lot of new people, so they're probably like,
1: Yeah, so we'll just explain this to you real quick. So Brandon would always slip up and say, take a prayer. Because he was trying to say, take a minute to pray. But he'd say, take a prayer. And I found it cute and endearing. But apparently, he got frustrated because he didn't know how to talk. And so one of you, he stopped saying it. Like, he made it a point not to say it anymore. And so one of you said, you noticed
0: it. You noticed it. And you were like,
1: you know what? It always made me think almost like a deli counter. And Jesus is standing there just trying to hand out this communication (laughs) with him. And I thought that was very true, though
0: i mean she made a great point yeah that. and it, that's she's actually probably the reason why i still say it uh it's because so once she once she said that i was like dang it now i'm obligated to make fun of myself mm-hmm. right. but we think it's but true. anyway in all seriousness <laughs> i want you to take a minute and just go to prayer before you read before yes, you study
1: always and then, of course, if there's anything at all that we can do for you guys, anything that we can lift up in prayer um, and counsel, you have questions, like literally anything on Earth you could possibly think of that two human beings could possibly do to help you, um, that's what we're here to do. So reach out and let us know. Brandon literally spends all the time that he is not podcasting, um, talking and counseling and answering questions and, and researching and all of that type of stuff. So
0: Lately, it's been... Defending.
1: and Defending. <laughs> um, so anything at all that we can do, just reach out and let us know. We're happy to do so. You can go to APHomeChurch.com and everything literally about our lives and any way to track us down, it's all on there. Yeah, um, And. I guess we'll go ahead and share most of you that are following along already know, but we've got some stuff ministry-wise that we are really praying over and asking God to to open doors if this is what he wants um, and things to have happen. So if you guys think of our family and can keep us in your prayers, we would greatly appreciate it.
0: Yeah, we're, we really want to take this circus show on the road, so we'll see what the Lord I saw to. a
1: little sign that said, we're one tent away from a full-blown circus. <laughs> I saw. Like I've seen that, that too.
0: I like that. That was pretty funny. John chapter thirteen, and we're using the NLT for this study, the New Living Translation.
1: Yep. This is the one that we do again, just with our kids. This is our family Bible study. What we base a, these off of, and that's been the translation that we found just works really well with them. So. Yep. That's I what don't
0: mean. get into translation arguments. Yes. We, <laughs> we did a podcast on that recently. Yep. I think the NLT is a great translation, especially for. Beginners, children. Okay, chapter thirteen. This chapter and for the next little bit to chapter seventeen here covers Jesus' farewell teaching to his disciples. Mm-hmm. So this all occurs in the upper room right before right before Jesus' death and right before the Passover celebration, which makes this this chapter is so very very important uh, especially culturally for the jews what this meant the symbolism here and the fact that they crucified him on the passover
1: yeah i don't know if most people I don't think most people understand and i think that's where we get that. so frustrated with how the church has largely done away with all things jew because when you mm-hmm. don't know about the festivals about God's right. holy days, the Moedim. You know, you don't learn these things of the Old Testament, you don't truly really understand them. I feel like you can easily just read over a lot of this stuff and not not that you you don't know him for you know, but you just there's such a deeper meaning here with the Passover, the celebration, how these things all went, and then also there's that interesting tidbit that it's believed that this room, the upper room where they have this meal, is actually directly over where, where King, King David David is David's buried. grave, yeah. yeah, is. So just again, everything God is. He's such a precise mm-hmm. God, you know. And you can and, still and the upper is so room perfectly. is still
0: there to this day. You yeah. can go over to Israel, and you can you cannot go up to the upper room, but you can go to you can walk
1: by and point at it. <laughs> you
0: can go to they. I know they have the area that's roped off. There, I would love, 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 love to go there. Hopefully, I'll just see it one day soon. But
1: but it's just I think so fascinating as we go through now. This we've talked about before, you know. Our family shared how we enjoy celebrating the biblical feasts and stuff like that because every single one was about Jesus to be fulfilled by Jesus. And so here we're going to see with Passover, unleavened bread, and first fruits how Christ will literally fulfill every single one, like at the exact moment, you know, that everything takes place. And it's just absolutely fascinating. All
0: right. So in the first couple verses here. Yeah, let me go ahead and just read them and then we'll go over them. Before the Passover celebration, Jesus knew that his hour had come to leave this world and return to his father. He had loved his disciples during his ministry on earth and now he loved them to the very end. It was time for supper and the devil had already prompted Judas, son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. What... That verse two, right there. What's really interesting about that is the devil had already prompted Judas to betray Jesus. The devil can just not help himself. If you think about the irony of this, that he for you know he prompted Judas to forcefully disobey God and to to um, you know our human nature is to 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 war against God and to hate God. That's just what our human nature is, and that's thanks to the fall, and that's thanks to sin and the flesh that Satan has corrupted from that fall. So it's pretty ironic here that Satan is prompting Judas to disobey God, yet this is what Jesus' death meant for Satan, was defeat. He defeated him at the cross Through a man. So it's ironic that he is trying to get. That Satan's plan is. To get man to rebel against God. And what does God turn around and do? He uses man to accomplish his purpose. And to reconcile himself against man. Despite Satan's. Corruption. Of the flesh. So that's a. That's, it's really ironic there, so you, you know, thinking about it. You're like, why would you want to send Jesus to the cross? That means you're, that means you're defeat. I mean, he just can't help himself, right? Because the, yeah. the, 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 the result of this was defiance and a rebellion against God. So that's your prerogative. That's what your whole process, this whole thing, is all about, right? You're you want to hate and rebel against God, and you do everything you can up to your own destruction. And uh, that's really, honestly, no different from us.
1: Well, that's what makes it so interesting because you look at this and you're like, "And how are we any different?" We're not, We're and that's right. And that, and that
0: shows you that shows you the effects of sin on mm-hmm. our human nature. And we will also see that this becomes a theme here in a couple little spots, and I'll, point, I'll make sure and point them out when we get to it here. But it becomes kind of a theme that this is just something naturally that we do. Mm-hmm. So in verse 3, Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. This is also multi-layered meanings here. Obviously there's some sort of um, like reality to this. This was in the middle of the desert. It was hot. They wore sandals or no shoes at all. And their feet were dirty and disgusting, and you know was there was quite lots literally of, doing yeah, a so, service so to them. This was a common practice, especially in the Jewish world, because they sat when they ate, and you would cross your feet, and you'd have your feet right next to the table and right next to where you're eating, so you wouldn't like. That's gross. So it was a common practice that the host, the servant, would wash the guest's feet yes. before a meal.
1: Well, that's so, why I thought it was so cool. Brandon likes to watch this guy on YouTube, Indigo Traveler. Yeah. And he was over in the Middle East. And um, which country was he in? But he went and a f- local family hosted him for dinner. Yeah. And <sighs> obviously they're all sitting around on the floor and just it, – it, The mom and me noticed. Do you see how clean all their floors are? Look at that. Nobody's wearing their shoes in their house. I always tell you guys not to do that. Jordan
0: or Lebanon or one of those. I don't remember. He went over there. Were they in
1: Iran? Yeah. I don't remember which one it was because we watch a lot of them. But to see that, you know, it just, again, kind of bringing this to life for us of, you know, how Mm -hmm. these things work.
0: Yeah. And so there was, you know, there's obviously a um, certain practicality of this i guess but obviously this is the symbolization for foot washing here is jesus's death wash away washes away our sins and completely cleanses them and just jesus as the servant and he explains it here to peter and we'll just continue reading When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I am doing, but you someday will. No, Peter protested, you will never wash my feet. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter exclaimed, then wash my hands and head as well, Lord, not just my feet. Jesus replied, a person who has bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. For Jesus knew who would betray him. That is what he meant when he said, not all of you are clean.
1: Can you imagine how weird that would have been, like knowing? You know what I mean? Because, like, he was God, but he was also fully man. And so knowing who was going to betray you, like...
0: Well, I think this is where that gets really super interesting there is because not only is this prophesied that he would be the, he would be rejected and betrayed, but it's also a human enemy that we have here. And this is, this is kind of like the, the hidden meaning behind it that, and people go, "What was the point of Jesus having Judas betraying Jesus?" Here you go again, this just this this goes back to the fact that Satan can't help himself. Mm-hmm. The flesh naturally disobeys God. Yeah, so much to the point we reject God. we betray God. This is what the flesh does. This is why we need to be cleansed. Of these things, yeah, because this is why we have an enemy, and you know, like I said, people ask all the time about why, what was the purpose of of Judas? You go well, you just look at the Garden of Eden to give you that answer, and the serpent in the garden. Mm-hmm. That this is a, a symbolization of that consistent war. Ooh, you're getting gum out. I was wondering what that I was. I think it was going
1: to be that uh, loud. It was
0: pretty loud. <laughs> All right. Well, sorry. we'll keep that in there. Sorry, everybody. You can email <laughs> nasty messages to Heidi about that
1: <laughs> I'm so sorry.
0: All right. What verse did I leave off on, Heidi? Uh, I don't 12th, know not, Twelve. Twelve. Sorry. <laughs> All right. After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, Do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. I tell you the truth. Slaves are not greater than their master, nor is the messenger more important than the one who sends the message. Now you know these things. God will bless you for doing them. I am not saying these things to all of you. I know the ones that I have chosen. But this fulfills the scripture that says, the one who eats my food has turned against me. I tell you this beforehand so that when it happens, you will believe that I am the Messiah. Right there, that's a huge Old Testament statement. Right there, God, this, this just echoes Old Testament in saying, I tell you, this beforehand so when it happens you will believe that i am the messiah so the wording on that there is very very strong verse 20 i tell you the truth anyone who welcomes my message messenger is welcoming me and anyone who welcomes me is welcoming the father who sent me now remember he is giving final instructions along with this final meal that they're having we call it the last supper is the famous name for it i guess
1: the passover seder would be the the jewish name (laughs) for the meal that they're getting ready to sit down and have this was the seder meal of passover
0: right so uh he's giving he's giving these instructions to his disciples before he departs the earth because they've They've still got this this mission to go out and do and each one of them was still kind of confused on what the heck was going on at this time because they were expecting you know not to have Jesus say that he was going to be go into Jerusalem and be killed they were expecting him to go in and be the, be the Messiah and overthrow Rome but that's not what happened so they're kind of confused he's kind of telling them look this is you' I'm gonna send you out He's going to send them out and send them into uh, the mission field, so to speak, because he has turned at this point from offering the kingdom to the Jews. So now at this point here he's shifted his focus to spreading the good news beyond just Israel and or telling them that that's what they will be, what they will be doing. Uh, because he has put the Jews in timeout for a little bit right now. He offered it. They rejected him. And so now it's going to be a little bit different of a process uh, before we're going to deal with Israel again. But so specifically, he's he's Jesus here is speaking of, in verse 20, he's speaking of sending the disciples out. But this also is something that can is got a multi-layered meaning here and it can go across anybody who spreads uh the gospel message the news any teacher path whatever um that you tend to connect with that you you know tends to be your fallback person and and you know the person that's they that you just really heard god spoke speaking to you through um because it says, I tell you the truth, anyone who welcomes my messenger is welcoming me. And anyone who welcomes me is welcoming welcoming the Father who sent me. So the messenger here is is, is the person that is giving the, the good news, the pastor, the teacher, whatever else it is here. So um, I know many of you say that, you know, you just, you know, you feel insecure, you feel anything like that, um, worried about salvation, worried about these, you know, is God mad at me? We get all these different, um, you know, things all the time. And it's just like, look, do you you hear God speaking to you through a teacher? Do you hear, does, you know, can you just really feel the spirit trying to get at you whenever you you listen to somebody or watch something? Well, yes. Okay, well, then (laughs) you're, you're, that's the lord speaking to you and that's he cares about you and and he you're welcoming him uh you know every time that you do that sorry we just had a lot of bang upstairs that could be good or bad but i don't think we need to pause it
1: no i think it'll be okay. all right i'll be all right there's kids doing kid things lord knows
0: all right verse 21 then this goes into the jesus being truly man too Now Jesus was deeply troubled, and he exclaimed, I tell you the truth, one of you will betray me. Verse 22 here, the disciples looked at each other, wondering whom could he mean? This is another indication, I said earlier I was going to pull these points out, but this is another indication of weak faith, that even... One of the decide they would be like concerned. They're like, "Is it me? You know, is it like? Well, you know if you're going to betray him or you're going to deny him or not, you have the ability okay. to do that. <laughs> like you're so confused. So, like, but me? so that's just indicative of of what yeah. the what the flesh what naturally does because the nat- the flesh naturally disobeys God so much to the point that you don't even know if you're going to like purposely do it or not
1: well which is funny we've had this conversation with people before and they're like yeah i believe in jesus and i feel like i'm following but how do i know i could just end up like doing these really yeah bad i know things. i know i
0: could just end up losing my salvation like i went somewhere yeah, I could. <laughs> like, well and that's
1: why you love that john MacArthur quote if it was something we could, we could lose, lose we, would. we certainly <laughs> would
0: yes we would amen that's true
1: because you're right if it was up to us we'd be like gosh i don't know i might totally lose it who knows what i'll do but I'm sh- a mess.
0: But I, th- you know, I believe this shows the total depravity of man, mm-hmm. right here. It does. We can't do it we, so much to the point where we don't even know if we're going to um, consciously. Is it me? Is it me? <laughs> I no, it can't be. me. And the same thing happens here with Peter too. Yeah. Um, it, it, like, like I said, ch- this book John is so multi-layered and just depth of truth and and the lord speaking to it because it's just uh, 13 just alone just shows so much depravity Mm -hmm. of man of human flesh that we just cannot get this thing done without what he did without cleansing our sin through his blood we couldn't do this yeah it's it's not possible we're a funny little people that's not so funny cuz it's serious
1: but this is that point where you have but, to remember what a sinful yeah. wretch you are right. because you are i am right. we can't do it
0: no we can't and we will continually no matter in the most perfect scenario well but that's not a message
1: we like to talk about though right. tell me all the things i can right. do tell teacher me all tell the me the good I can stuff. Do. yeah wrong podcast guys yeah
0: wrong <laughs> podcast for that one but I would be love to do another one of those Alright that is 23 The disciple Jesus loved was sitting next to Jesus At the table Simon Peter motioned to him to ask Who's he talking about So the disciple leaned over to Jesus and asked Lord who is it Jesus responded It's the one to whom I give the bread I dip in the bowl And when he had dipped it He gave it to Judas Son of Simon Iscariot I love Israel because they super into their olive oil and bread dips. Like, oh,
1: you just want to go over there so you can eat. I do.
0: I really <laughs> do. All right, twenty-seven. When Judas had eaten the bread, Satan entered into him. Then Jesus told him, "Hurry and do what you were going to do." I think Satan entering Judas here is, is fairly self-explanatory. Yes, this literally possessed Judas. All right, verse twenty-eight none of the others at the table knew what Jesus meant. Since Judas was their treasurer, some thought Jesus was telling him to go and pay for the food or to give some money to the poor. So Judas left at once, going out into the night. As soon as Judas left the room, Jesus said, The time has come for the Son of Man to enter his glory and will be glorified because of him. And since God receives glory because of the Son, he will give his own glory to the Son, and he will do so at once. Dear children, I will be with you only a little longer. As I told you, the Jewish leaders will search for me, but you can't come where I am going. So now I am giving you a new commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Simon Peter asked, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus replied, You can't go with me now, but you will follow me later. But why can't I come now, Lord, he asked. I am ready to die for you. Jesus answered, die for me? I tell you the truth, Peter. Before the rooster crows tomorrow morning, you will deny me three times that you even know me. All right, going in my um, pre-millennial brain here. (laughs) I really love verse 36 here, the way that they have it translated in the NLT. But it says, Simon Peter asked, Lord, where are you going? And Jesus replied, you can't go with me now, but you will follow me later. This is really, really interesting because John was written very, very late in John's life. This was written probably right before Revelation, like right that late, so like late 90s A.D., this would have been well after the destruction of the temple. And the, the, so the, why does all that matter? Well, because the wording here for all of this is very, very important to all of that. Um, we believe that the church will be raptured up prior to the seven-year tribulation. Well, the seven-year tribulation was something that was prophesied in Daniel, but it's also um, described in Jeremiah as the time of Jacob's trouble. So this is tribulation, and also in Daniel, it describes it in Daniel too. but it's um, described as tribulation for the Jews for this very moment, for rejecting the Messiah, so, and for as well as the unbelieving Gentiles as well. But the seven-year tribulation, as Pastor J.D. says, is for the salvation of the Jewish nation. Um, so the, the fact that he says here, you can't go with me now, but you will follow me later. A lot of, a lot of Bible commentators say that this is, um, the Holy Spirit coming down at Pentecost and we will follow Jesus in a spiritual sense. I don't see that at all. I see this as the, I see this as a reference to the rapture. Um, the reason why I say is could it be the doctrine of the rapture would have been known by now to all the apostles, because it was something that was given to Paul, that was not revealed to anybody else prior. We have different allusions for it in all of the Old Testament, um, and then in the New Testament, a lot of people mistakenly tried to to, to pull the rapture out of you know. Um, Books like Matthew and and things like that, and you you really can't because those are talking about his second coming, which is his return, which was the time that the Jews then at that time in Matthew would have been asking Jesus, what you know, when does all this happen? When does this kingdom actually come? When are you coming to establish your kingdom? And this was his answer was Matthew twenty four, uh, going through so. A lot of that, people try to pull the rapture out of there, but it can't be. And by the time that Matthew wrote his gospel a lot earlier than John did. So this, Matthew writing his gospel was very, very... um, Some commentators, or some scholars have it like right after Jesus' death, like really close to that. Which, I don't know. I mean, I guess it doesn't really matter. But the reason why all this... This dating matters is because, like I said, I mean the the doctrine of the rapture wouldn't have been revealed until later, probably. Oh, this is a bad estimate, real bad estimate. Probably anywhere between the forties and the sixties AD. Uh, that the Paul was given that. So, if something was written before, then they the writers would have had no knowledge of it. John, on the other hand, was well seasoned, and he knew the scriptures. Um, we knew that the apostles considered their own letters and their own stories here, uh, scripture. So we can see that uh, in you know Peter refers to to Paul's letters as scriptures. So they 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 would have known these 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 teachings and these things that that they had gotten. And so, for instance, John here, when he's, we can take John being written a little bit later here to be talking probably a little bit more towards the church. Okay, we're all, we're always in the gospels here. Yes, they, they, uh, they encompass everybody here. And we can all learn from the gospels, we can all learn everything about Christ through the gospel. Um, that's where we get the gospel, obviously. So, um, But we have to remember sometimes how to rightly divide some of these things in here because some of these things were very specific to a certain group of people, the Jews. Uh, And then other things are angled more towards the church and us kind of being one at the end of time. But in this case, in John here, where he says, you cannot come where I am going, but you will follow me later. I see that as Jesus himself descending from heaven with a shout and calling up his children at the sound of his voice. And we will follow him later on. That's that's where I see there in 36. And like I said, I explained it that... Um, the the dating of the book is what kind of gives me uh, that idea out of it
1: because yeah, i think when you realize how late this book happened that seems more fitting you know what mm-hmm. i mean like but i don't think we realize i feel like usually they would have we see Matthew, a lot mark luke more. and john all happening at like the same time right, right? like
0: they, soon the, as Jesus
1: died this was the story I guess of what with happened.
0: the time the thing that I was trying to jump around and, and say was that John a lot of pieces would have been put together here Revelation obviously didn't happen yet so he would have had his mind blown but there was also a lot of a lot of things they would have known because of the timing uh, in the timing of when the book was written uh, giving it that later date there was a lot of things that that happened in between that period of time. So that was 13. I hate to leave it off here, but I'm going to. And we will catch up in 14 again with this final farewell teaching and see what we can't pull out of 14 tomorrow.
1: All right, guys. Thank you. Hopefully, again, the sound and everything was okay. Yeah, forgive me
0: if it sounds weird.
1: Yeah, if not, just message us, let us know. But um, otherwise, hoping it works because your neck, I think, feels a lot better not having to.
0: Yeah, it's going to be a lot better. Yeah.
1: All right, guys. Have a good one.